0: Welcome back to the Metal Exchange. Justin and Chris here with you for another week. Happy September, my friend. How are you?
1: Uh, awesome. Um, it, it's time. Uh, it's time to go in a couple of days. Uh, I'm really excited, man. I, I, I It just kind of dawned on me today that, like, holy shit, it's here. Um, and uh, it's been, can you believe it's been 15 months since we uh, last went down to the... The, the Prague power festival uh it was my birthday last time it'll be your birthday and, uh, and amy's birthday this time and there's a shit ton of bands i'm pumped about and um a ton of people i'm psyched to see i, I am just uh, absolutely stoked
0: uh, how is the world's newest largest poverty's no crime fan i want to know <laughs> how it went for you today now that you have an idea as to what they are probably going to be playing I really like them. I, I'm going to keep listening uh,
1: throughout the weekend. This is going to be just like in college when I waited until you know 11:30 the night before I had an exam. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to do a little bit of a cram session. And uh, but um, man, there are not there really aren't very many bands that like I think I'm going to want to skip. Um, I, I admittedly didn't do a ton of prep last year. Um, I think last year I was just happy to, to be going and that there was a prog power and uh, I was excited for, you know, conception and Rhapsody and Stradivarius and seven spires and, uh, you know, uh, amongst other things. So like, I, I didn't even go see a ton of bands. Like I, I definitely just kind of popped in when I felt like seeing something. And, uh, I feel like this is going to be a different year where I just, there's just so much I really want to see. And, um. I'm so pumped for uh Beast in Black uh headlining, just being to able to see them play for a good, you know, hopefully hour and a half at at, at least. Um I'm excited to see Vola after doing our, our big uh our big Vola uh episode. Um there's just so just, I I could go through the whole lineup again, but uh
0: I'm not gonna. Um if you're maybe... interested in hearing our full rendition I would invite everyone to join our Patreon where we actually released a bonus episode. um, I guess now would be last month in August where we went through a deep dive into kind of our thoughts on each and every one of these bands uh, that are playing the fest. And even if you're not interested in the festival, uh, lots of cool bonus material that we've been putting out on the Patreon exclusive feed. So uh, do check that out, uh, patreon.com slash Metal Exchange Podcast and obviously the link down below in the comments.
1: Yeah, that that'd be us. Um, yeah, uh, I, I just, uh, I, I it just kind of um, hit me a little bit late uh, this time around, but um, which is good because then it kind of feels like torture if you spend the whole
0: summer like being excited about it, and like and it's, it's almost a letdown at that point when it comes because it's just like uh, overhyped and arguably just not as good as you might have otherwise. You kind of hyped it up to be, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And plus, like, you know, you always run the risk of of bands canceling or there being visa issues. And I've been burned many times in the past with bands that I, you know, was so excited to see a couple years back. I think it was the Prague Power uh, prior to the pandemic where um, uh, the two bands I was most excited to see were Pretty Maids and Ancient Bards, and and both of them ended up um, canceling. it's just, you know, sometimes it's just easier to, to just like temper your expectations until you're about five days away, uh, cram in some poverty is no crime at the last minute. And, and, nice. uh, and, and here we go. Like, um, uh, I'll probably be mentioning, you know, s- some things throughout the episode. I mean, I don't want to take away from the, uh, the matter at hand, but the truth is, is that we're like days away from this thing that we've been waiting, you know, 15 months to go to. So it might, uh bleed into some of the discussion
0: all all good my friend all good and before we get to uh the matter at hand going back over 30 years to the one and only t-ride album from 1992 by request uh did you listen to anything this week that caught your ear anything worthwhile anything that uh, people should be checking out i think so um the there i can't remember
1: if we mentioned that there's a new band from italy called uh alterium that um will feature uh, Nicoletta Rossellini, who was the uh, vocalist from Calidia the band that um recently split up this is her new project uh, along with Dario uh, Gozzi who was the drummer from Calidia they have started a new band with uh, Paolo Campatelli who was the uh he the um he will be the guitar player he was previously in Calidon, uh, Alex or, or Alessandro Mamola uh, will also be playing guitars. He was um, I, and is still is in the band Draconicon and Luca Scalabrine um, will be um, the bass player, and he uh, is in the band Altair. Um, so I'm really stoked for this, and they released a, a new single. Um, it is called. Look at me, all unprepared. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drag me to hell, and uh, it's just really—if you enjoyed Calidia, which I totally did, this is just kind of in that same vein, just very, um, very punchy, melodic, symphonic power metal. Um, I like the, the first track a lot. I'm a big fan of um, Nicoletta's vocals, so um, I'm glad to hear that she's uh, has another band and, and that um, she's going to continue on. And um, the other single that. Um, I thought was interesting was, uh, um, prog power, uh, band Cryptex uh, released a new single from their upcoming Nimbus album, which is coming out, I think at the end of, uh, at some point in September, but the track is called devil's casino. Um, much like everything else I've heard from this band, it sounds like totally different from the last song in a good Mm -hmm. way. Um, but, uh, I'm excited about seeing them at Prague power. And, um, they uh, had announced that, uh, the singer from Xandria, Xandria uh, will be at Prague Power signing autographs and um, just hanging out because uh, the band that they are touring with, or the bands they are touring with, Battle Beast and Camelot, are performing on Friday. So they're just going to be there uh, doing their thing. And thankfully, uh, the, the the guys from Cryptex figured, well, uh, Amber is here. So let's have her come out and do something with, uh, Cryptex. So that's, uh, it was, Remains I thought it was going to be a surprise, but is. they kind of let the cat out of the bag. But have no idea what they're playing. No, 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 not, not a clue. Um, this might be, I think this is the only band at this point where I was not able to get, maybe them and Zero Hour, the two bands I was not able to get a set list for. Um, so I, I, Listen to, like, a handful of songs, so there's stuff I might not know. But it was intriguing enough where I'm just like, let's see where this goes. Because And and Glenn, the promoter of Prog Power, is pushing hard that this is going to be, like, a really special set. And uh, who who would know better than the guy who runs the the face that runs the place, as AJ Styles would say. So. <laughs>
0: and he's not trying to sell tickets because it's sold out. So it's not like this is a, a, a blast no, just no. to get... So I wanted to just mention that. Um, but going back to Italy for a second, uh, a band that I've been listening to for the better part of a decade now, a band called Noveria out of Rome, has released their new album, The Gates of the Underworld. And I guess um, kind of like a DGM, but it's really prog metal with touches or, I guess, hints of power metal scattered throughout. But they're, uh, this album's really good. Not anything that you haven't heard from these guys, but their brand of... Prog metal is something I can definitely sink my teeth into. It's crunchy, it's melodic, um, but it's heavy enough that it really uh, kind of drags you in. So I'm, I'm definitely a fan of these guys, and it was nice to hear some new music from them.
1: I thought the new album was fabulous. Um, I, I, believe it or not, it was brought. It was uh, recommended to me by Knops, um, and he was. He said he said it reminded him of Master Plan. That's all I needed to hear, um, and I, I liked it a lot. It's. It's. Uh, I've only listened to it once, but. Seems destined for my end of the year list at this point, just based on the first listen. So, uh, good stuff. And thanks to Knops for mentioning it. Um, I have a feeling that you would have probably <laughs> told me about it anyway,
0: but Knops uh, beat you to the punch. So, kudos to Knops. He, he definitely did, but uh, happy that you like it for sure. I thought that um, when it comes to Prague, I know the kind of Prague you prefer or at least gravitate towards, and I could definitely see why this fits the bill in that it's a little more accessible and a little less um, experimental, I guess we'll say, than, than other bands. I cannot say that for our request this week. The, the, our request this week is one of the most fascinating exercises I think we've ever done on the podcast, and I mean that sincerely. This is episode, what, 169? I don't know that I've listened to an album more and not know what to make of it after the first bunch of listens that I did this album by T-Ride and for those that know the band you know I'm I'm not telling you anything that you don't know but for those that don't and 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 I certainly didn't this is a band out of San Francisco they released their self-titled album in 1992 and then they ceased to exist they never came out with anything and the album actually had a bit of success with songs being used on movie soundtracks and on TV shows. And um, then you never heard from these guys again. And it's it's really four guys, uh, the most famous of which is uh, their drummer, Eric Valentine, who would go on to a lot of notoriety, but as a producer uh, producing for bands like the All-American Rejects, and Slash from Guns N' Roses, Third Eye Blind, Smash Mouth, etc. Um, just, you know, very, very, notif- no, 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 you know, a lot of notoriety as a producer. And uh, this album just kind of get pushed to the wayside in many ways. Um, I had certainly never heard of it until Richard Mosley, one of our Patreons, had suggested we listen to it. And listen, I did, time and time again, trying to make heads or tails uh, out of this album Before we talk about your initial impressions, had you ever heard of this band before or was this something completely out of left field for you?
1: No, I've never, I never, <laughs> i <I've> never <laughs> heard of this. I when when Rich sent us his list, this I think was the only band that I was just like, what? Like I really had absolutely no clue uh, what to what to expect at all. Um, you know what's crazy though, and and um, you know our our friend Carrie is going to get a kick out of this. Uh, you know. Because of me and his uh, mutual love for the monkeys. But um, Eric Valentine's first experience with music was listening to the monkeys as a child and wanting to play drums. So, oh, that's, um, that's funny. Yeah. Uh, and he's married to Grace Potter, who um, is, uh, actually happens to be friends with my, my cousin, who got me into the monkeys. So everything kind of <laughs> Oh, that is to,
0: really wild. Talks yeah. Going full circle.
1: Yeah. Full circle. Uh, really wild. I, I, I just realized this was the, was the case and I just texted her and, and, um, I just, uh, I thought that was wild, but, um, another member of the band, uh, Steve Womet, I believe is the, the pronunciation. Um, I had heard of him before because he did a lot of work for guitar hero. Um, he did a lot back when the game was the game first came out, um they weren't getting the the licensed songs for a lot of the bands. So they were having basically these sound-alike covers. And he did a lot of work uh playing the, the guitar um you know for these cover tracks, if you will. And um he does uh probably most prominently there was a cover of The Devil Went Down to Georgia. Uh, where you play um, you play a guitar duel with the devil and uh, it's kind of it's like a hard rock version of the devil went down to Georgia which was you know originally done by the Charlie Daniels band it's a really fun part of the game this was in Guitar Hero 3 Legends of Rock which was like the first Guitar Hero game that I bought like the day it came out, I got like the you know the big box with the with the guitar and everything. I was so excited. It was back when I was living uh, in West Islip, and oh my god, I have such uh, fun memories of that. And and uh, I also remember hearing that um, Living Color uh, could not locate there. the master. Uh, for the song uh, Cult of Personality to provide for the game. So they went in the studio and re-recorded the song for Guitar Hero, which I thought was a really cool thing. So um, I had no idea about either of those things. Yeah, so so, same thing uh, for Guitar Hero 3. Um, Oh, my God, I have such fond memories of playing those games. And, um, you know, those Guitar Hero and Rock Band games just completely oversaturated themselves right out of the market. Um just yeah way too much. But uh that's why when I saw Steve Wamet's name, I was like, holy shit, I know him. Um so that's why. Um
0: and, and and I think it's important while we're kind of halfway through the other two members, Jeff Tyson on guitar and Dan Arley on not only lead vocals but bass. It's a four-man group. Uh I I think the interesting thing about them though is you know, I still haven't even talked about what they sound like. And the reason is because they really have a unique sound. And although I think that there's hints of other bands sprinkled throughout, and I'll I'll get to that, you know, as we kind of talk about each song, I've seen them called experimental metal. I've seen them called alternative metal, depending on where you look. Uh, But certainly, I think Joe Satriani said it best when he described them as, quote, the future of metal, which quite frankly is one hell of a compliment from uh, you know one of the world's best guitar players uh, in Joe Satch. So, quite the compliment for this band that comes in like a lion and then just kind of goes out a little bit slower than that because they just never put anything else out. Uh, really, really interesting. But a band, a band, and an album that was formative for. Richard Mosley in many ways, and I think it's probably no better time than just to read what he had to say about the album before we kind of get into it and do our deep dive. So uh, if you'll indulge me for a second, he said the following, I've been a massive fan of the T-Rive album since I first heard it around 30 years ago. It had slash has all the elements I love in music, but managed to sound totally unique like nothing else out there at the time or since. I'll interject, I agree with that. All the songs are super concise but filled with intricacies. The vocal harmonies are amazing and so well arranged. There are shot bursts of guitar technique all over the album uh, without there ever being a traditional guitar solo. That's actually one of the things I was going to mention, but the drums are huge and the bass is super punchy, due a lot to the fact that the bass was being played with drumsticks used to hit the strings rather than pick or finger slash thumb. They managed to convince their record label to let them spend their advance on buying their own studio equipment and record the album themselves and then let drummer Eric Valentine – who was only 20 at the time, mix it because none of the big names who were asked to mix it could understand what they were going for or what kind of sound they were trying to achieve. They recorded most of the second album before calling it quits. And some of those songs can be found on YouTube. Eric Valentine would go on to be a very successful producer and mixer not long after, which isn't surprising given the production techniques on this album that were way ahead of their time. Definitely my top five most played, Love it, but understand why it went over a lot of people's heads. Sorry for the length. Um, so that's Richard Mosley's thoughts, and I want to thank him for this suggestion because honestly, had it not been for Richard, I don't think I would have ever knew this album existed, let alone listened to it, uh, practically a dozen times.
1: Yes, uh, absolutely agree. Thank you, Rich, for the uh, the blurb and and the the request. Um, I think if I were gonna make a genre like like, come up with a genre for this like i funk metal was kind of where i totally agree yeah i was leaning it it reminded me quite a bit of um faith no more who we talked about not terribly long ago but um at the same time uh the vocals reminded me quite a bit of john bush from armored saint and and he was in anthrax for a time um there's parts where I think the vocals sound, remind me of David Lee Roth. Um, so it, it's really interesting. And and there are no two songs that sound alike on this album, at least as far as I, I'm concerned.
0: I agree with you. And what's interesting is it's a short album. It's about 34 minutes and change. So each song, each of the 11 tracks are like, for the most part, between two and three minutes a piece. I mean, there's some that are you know a touch longer, but there's a lot of short tracks, so it's almost like listening to a Green Day album where it's like you're in, you're out, and you're on to the next thing. But I think that actually made for a better listen because I didn't think at any point that it dragged. It was just hard for me to understand or even appreciate what it was I was kind of dipping my toes into those first few listens because I was just so... I'd never heard anything like it. I just have never heard anything like this. And as I listened to it, Time and time again, it started to really kind of sink in after about a half dozen listens. And then I could formulate a real opinion by the, you know, the tenth, ninth or tenth listen. <laughs> yeah, uh,
1: I I kind of went through the same thing where the first couple of times I just was didn't really know what to what to make of it. Uh, I'm still not sure I know. Um, <laughs> I have zero clue what song I'm going to choose for song of the week. Uh, I, I this was really unlike anything uh, I've ever heard. And I mean that in in a good way. Uh, It was just a really, um, really interesting. Um, I, I, I I kind of like want to go back and watch Encino man and captain Ron, uh, just so I can hear (laughs) the songs from this album. Um, It's, it's, it's wild. It's, it's kind of crazy how they just kind of just came and went. Um, do you, do you happen to know did did the lead vocalist uh Dan Arley did he ever do anything else because he has a really uh really cool voice like I said it reminded me quite a bit of um uh, of uh, John Bush and but also David Lee Roth in spots where he did some of that like classic David Lee Roth talking like you know that kind of like uh almost like yeah, central like- that sensual David Lee Roth, oh, yeah, flirt, yeah. like
0: flirty flirty kind of, like he's flirting with the listener. Um, I don't know that he went on to do anything else. And I looked and I just didn't see anything. And it's sad because he passed away from what I understand in 2005, if I'm not mistaken. Now, I could be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure he passed away in 2005. Um, he's the only member the, of the band that doesn't have a Wikipedia entry, so... I don't know. I mean, I could be wrong about that, but... Um, you know, and maybe I am, but I, I, I'm not sure. I'll just say that I don't, I finding information about him damn near impossible, but uh, fascinating. Um, You know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's still around, but I, I, I couldn't find anything else about him. And, um, you know, I, I, all I can say is if an interesting listen and one of the most difficult reviews that I think we've ever had to do. So, you know, with, with that backdrop, Let's, uh, let's jump into it, shall we? This album kicks off with Zombies from Hell, and you mentioned it earlier, so I'll, I'll just kind of echo it. This song was in the Encino Man soundtrack. I have no recollection of this whatsoever, not only of the song, but the movie, to be honest with you. Um, this is like this four and a half minute proggy epic that kicks things off. Um, the first, there's an intro tape. And then all of a sudden, these funky beats really just kind of take over. And my, my immediate thoughts were, if the Red Hot Chili Peppers were a hair metal band, this is what they were going to sound like. That was what I was thinking when I heard this. Um, there's rap vocals in spots, which is something that the Peppers had, you know, obviously employed as well. But but a really catchy chorus, this kind of weird bridge that's just like drums and spoken word, which is what you had talked about with the whole David Lee Roth thing earlier, Um I can see why they chose this as an opening track and there are parts of it. I like, but it's not my favorite song on the album. There's stuff. I like a lot more actually. Um, but a, 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 an interesting opener nonetheless.
1: Yeah. Very solid tune. I thought th- it was weird the be the, that like intro part at the beginning made me think of Royal hunt of all things. Huh. And then, and then it just, <laughs> it, like you said, it took a turn right into red hot chili peppers lane. Um, Yeah, there there was a, you know, if you're a a person of a certain age, you might remember a time where Pauly Shore was in a lot of movies and (laughs) uh, Encino Man was one of them. Um, It's kind of funny because now um, the main character in Encino Man was played by uh, Brendan Fraser, who is now like uh, after his, um, his, his performance in The Whale that came out last year, I believe, Uh, I think he did. He win the Academy Award for that. He was definitely nominated. Did he really? Um, Yeah. Um, And Sean Astin, who you know would go on to be in Lord of the Rings, and and uh, he was in uh, he was on Stranger Things at one point in time. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they were all pretty young then, but yeah, this was a a time where uh, you know Pauly Shore was just in stuff. Um, So that kind of takes you back to to where we are at the time. But um, yeah, uh, very funky funky song um the the wikipedia article says that the band was compared to queen did you pick up on any queen vibes on this it's it says compared to queen and van halen i definitely got a little bit of van halen but to me this was more like hearing it was like i I think i had said last week like armored saint meets the red hot chili peppers but um definitely got uh some Faith No More vibes too. And and we compare Faith No More with Red Hot Chili Peppers when we talked about them. So it kind of makes sense. But um, I don't know that I got... I mean, I'm not going to profess to be like, a, like I know every Queen song, but um, I didn't get too much of a Queen vibe on this. But
0: um, I don't know, maybe you felt differently? I didn't get the Queen vibe totally. But what I did or what I can say is the way that the vocal lines and both and especially the backing vocals which are very prominent throughout the whole disc um that that's where i hear the queen just in the the vocal arrangements and the vocal lines not so much the songs themselves i think the songs themselves in many spots do have more of a van halen flavor like you had mentioned uh, i'll get to some of those tracks as we get to them uh but i think the 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 way that these vocal melodies and and the layered vocals and the backing vocals kind of come in at so many different places that's where i hear the queen comparison more than any other
1: i really like that backing vocal kind of like it's kind of a a theme throughout the album but just it, it sounds like there's like a almost like a chorus of singers singing in the background I, they do that a, such a good job i couldn't put my finger on what it reminded me of it, it kind of was like uh kind of is like a a staple of like the hair metal generation um bon jovi did it like it it, it's it, it they use it to great effect here and um you hear it quite a bit in this song but uh yeah i like this one this this is probably one of my more favorite songs on the album actually not my song of the week but um really fun uh really fun beginning and and if i ever do um end up uh Seeing uh Encino Man again, I think I'll be pleasantly surprised to hear this song.
0: Alright. Well let me ask you this, Backdoor Romeo. What did you think of the second track? Uh I can't believe that my
1: nickname was uh was was used in the, the now I know where it came from anyway. <laughs> um this so this kind of like kind of reminded me a little bit like of Motown Philly by Boys to Men, where it has like, huh. that kind of like just really um just really like upbeat, funky kind of uh, like vibe to it. But um, I thought this was a pretty cool tune too. Um, these are all songs that you just want to kind of tap your foot to, and uh, I thought this was good too. Again, like those um, those kind of like chorus, chorusy backing vocals, um, fast like fast lyrics. Like it, it's just a really funky, cool tune, and, and it really feels like it. it belongs in 1992 like it's really a totally it's It's just a product of its product of its time this wouldn't have fit in 1988 and by
0: 1995 this ship has sailed like it really makes sense that it came out right at the very end of the hair metal right as you know alternative rock was kind of taking over this is an interesting track. Not only do I love that sound of the keyboards and the bass at the beginning, I think the way it starts is cool. But it has almost like a western flair to it, like um, like like cowboy western flair type of thing. And it's still groovy. But here, I think the vocals remind me of Sebastian Bach and what he was doing with Skid Row around the same time. Uh, and and you mentioned it earlier. The backing vocals on this track are just absolutely superb, and that they're done well throughout the whole disc. I actually like this song a lot. And I, I would say it was a song of the week candidate. I, I'm not going to choose it, but I, it was definitely up there. I actually prefer this to the first song. Um, and, and what, what a, what a, what an interesting album because then we get to the third song, Ride, and they kind of slow it down. You're still moving your head to the groove, but it sounds like a lot more laid back tune with really, really catchy, um, verses and these big great vocals um the only thing is though the chorus on this tune ride never really hits you like you're kind of waiting for a payoff that never comes but i have to say more than anything else dan arley's vocals on this track i don't think he could even do something like this live it is amazing what he was able to lay down on this particular song on this album like i just think the vocals make this song and i just I wonder if they ever toured or if people got to see them live back in the day because I can't imagine pulling something like this off.
1: Yeah, you'd almost need like the entire band to really be have those microphone stands set up and yeah. It reminds me of Ser- uh, Serenity when they would play live and the entire band would be harmonizing. I, I, you don't see a lot of metal bands doing that, and when they do, it's really impressive. Um, you know uh my, I, I always think of michael Wycath from halloween who like always joked about what how what a terrible singer he was and how he always hated doing backing vocals and the halloween was lucky enough to have a guy like roland for so many years who had an actually nice singing voice doing the backing vocals but then uh then he left i guess Wykey had to get back uh get back to doing that again and he i just know that he was never uh Never a big fan. Um, I know Steve Williams from PowerQuest uh, would do uh, backing vocals live as well, which I, I just always think it's a cool thing. So um, if they were able to pull this off live, I think it would probably be really cool to hear. Um, but, yeah, I like this song, too. It's a little bit more um, understated than the first two tracks, like a um, little bit more kind of a mid, mid-paced mid kind of tune. Uh, but, again, like you really – Just tap your toe because it's it's just kind of a funky tune. But yeah, those those like those just um, those backing vocals are just such a cool uh, such a cool addition to um, this song. Much like the previous two,
0: we get to you and your friend. And before I kind of get into this song, I'll just pose a question: Was this, if not the inspiration for, was this really the first Steel Panther tune? Because like this song has uh, innuendo all throughout the lyrics but the irony the song actually starts off and it makes me think of michael jackson at the start and then the vocals kick in and it makes me think of weird al's parody of michael jackson so this song <laughs> is all over the place but this is like beat it and eat it all in the same song um a cheeky little tune i think oddly catchy and i love how that bass sound has that fuzzy bass sound to it i think it's a nice change of pace um I this is a song that grew on me. I didn't care for it at first, but it kind of grew on me throughout the week. Yeah, I feel like Dan
1: Arley's vocals when he does the lower register, he actually sounds like a different singer than when he does the higher register where I think he sounds like a lot like John Bush. Um sounds like a totally different guy here, but yeah, again just um kind of a kind of an understated kind of tune. Um it never really like comes out of like second gear like you don't and like like you know rich mentioned in his uh his blurb earlier like you don't really get much of any guitar solos and so like this song along with um at least one other maybe two more it just um is kind of just like a really simple just like a really simple track like uh it it, what you hear is what you get and um i I thought it was a, a pretty good tune um but uh yeah, it's quick. It's like, you know, two two minutes and, and, and change and kind of in and out. And this was a a fast listen. But um, yeah, that might, have, that might be the shortest song on the album.
0: But we don't need these songs to be any longer. I think a lot of these songs, the charm is in the simplicity, not in terms of the song themselves and the arrangements, but just you're in, you're out and you get to the next one. I don't know that this would have kept my attention if some of these songs were double the length or a 5-minute epic. I just don't think it was needed.
1: Yeah, I can't 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 really disagree with that at all. Um I re- it just it works as as
0: what it is. And then we get to I Hunger. Talk to me about this track because this one I think stood out to me for for reasons which I haven't yet talked about. Um any thoughts on this tune? It has um
1: it definitely has kind of like a 80s hair metal kind of vibe to me um like a funky 80s hair metal like i don't know a lot of these songs really kind of because of those those backing vocals really like take me back to that that kind of time it's it's really like to me it's really like taking um taking like heavy metal vocals and putting them over a a faith no more or red hot chili pepper style, uh, musically. Um, but I thought this was another, like really just funky, you know, foot tap and kind of tune.
0: And, um, I you know, I like this one as well. What, what about you? I actually have it as my song of the week because of the reason you mentioned this was like the last remnants of the eighties hair metal movement, great keyboards, great sound effects. Uh, and, and, Some tiny little guitar solos Kind of sprinkled in And I do mean little These are not extended solos By any means But just a real Cool 80s vibe to it I almost hear Prince In a lot of spots on this as well Great chorus And it just got stuck in my head So for that reason I'm like, you know what? I'm going to make this my song of the week So let's give it a listen And we'll uh, continue to share our thoughts On uh, the T-Ride debut album From 1992 I Hunger, that's my song of the week. And I just, for some reason, kept drawing, getting drawn back to this tune. Uh, just very, very catchy. Uh, the next track, however, Luxury Cruiser, I'm still trying to scratch my head and figure out what the hell this song is. Uh, this one, it starts off like... The drums have like this caveman vibe to it, which actually makes sense for Encino Man, even though it wasn't used. And the song itself is like this mid-paced tune with a really strong low end. But it's the way it's constructed is just, I'm scratching my head. It has like this Alice in Chains meets Red Hot Chili Peppers vibe during the verses. But then the chorus is like more upbeat, melodic. And then... Right when you think you're about to zig again, it completely zags with this whimsical bridge that kind of comes out of nowhere. But I actually enjoyed it quite a bit. I just I found myself scratching my head at the end of this song every time, but in a good way. Right? Like I don't know what's happening, but I kind of like it. <laughs>
1: it. sounds like mo- it sounds like me throughout most of my life. Um, <laughs> I I got very heavy Van Halen vibes on this one, especially those those verses, um, like especially cause like some of it was like that kind of David Lee Roth talk, talk vocal. Um, but then like it would hit the, uh, the chorus and it was like a different, like a different band. Um, I, I, this was like one of my favorite songs actually on the album, just because, um, something about the chorus just was me- like so memorable. I would get, it would get stuck in my head, um, because you'd have that really great drum beat as, um, you know, he's singing about his luxury cruiser. Um, I don't know. I, I thought this was a kind of a cool tune. Like, it, again, like everything is so different from each other, like track by track. But um, this, I thought was one of the more funkier kind of tunes on a, on a generally funky kind of album. Um,
0: I like this one. It's such a contrast to hit squad, which is the next track. This one, I, just screamed Michael Jackson to me. It was like 80s pop, but with a Guns N' Roses feel to it. It was really interesting. One of the best vocal performances on the album, great backing vocals, and in many ways, and maybe this is the Guns N' Roses comparison, but I did a lot of rapping on, on on the vocals as well, which is something that Axl Rose was known to do from time to time in Spots. Um and it ends really well too, just the like the, the way this kind of song ends. I, I love this song, and it was if if I had to pick a second song of the week, I'd probably go with Hit Squad. Wondering if you had the same feeling on this one.
1: Yeah, you know, I will I'm gonna make it my song of the week. I had kind of a hard time choosing because I really liked everything pretty equally, but then it just dawned on me because I was listening to it and I'm like what the hell does this remind me of? And I was like, it sounds like it would be like the the credits track at like the end of a late eighties early nineties movie. And then it hit me;
0: it reminds me of the theme from Spaceballs. <laughs> oh, that's great! I mean, if that doesn't seal the deal, I don't know what does. Yeah, um, it, it literally
1: just now. It took me all week until this very moment, and I'm like, damn it! It's I. I if it, thankfully I have uh, Tommy Johansson to thank for his cover of Spaceballs on um, Majestica's uh, first album, but um, yeah, that's what this reminds me of. It's just again another really funky tune. Um, I I I may get flamed for making that comparison, but that's just what it reminded me of. So uh, let's uh, let's give it a, a listen, and uh, we'll come back.
0: I'm glad you went with Hit Squad because, quite frankly, it gives me a chance to listen to the song again. I think that's a great choice. Um, The next track, Bad Girls and Angels, also a bit of a Steel Panther thing going on with this one. This one, though, more upbeat, almost has like a scat-like vibe mixed with Guns N' Roses, I I think. Um, And you can tell that the verses are kind of going to lead to something big. But then the payoff... I don't know. Was it? I, I'm not sure. Like, I go back and forth. There were times where I was underwhelmed, but then there were times where I just kind of, you know, I I I thought it kind of fit the bill. But I, I guess when it, at the end of the day, I I did expect something a little bit bigger and catchier. Um, but what's interesting about this track is the bridge, which has this jungle vibe to it. It's almost um, it's almost like you're like in the Brazilian rainforest or the African jungle or something. It's really an interesting. Interesting tune, but I I have a hard time putting into words whether or not I liked it because I'm still not sure.
1: The the vocals like are just wild to me because it 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 sounds like he's alternating between Axl Rose and David Lee Roth, like it, it, which you know, cheers to that if you can do both of them. That you know, that's uh, it's a it's a interesting song. Um, again, like it almost has kind of like a like a rock song on broadway almost kind of vibe to it it's uh i kind of like this one but mostly cuz of the vocals i thought the vocals were just really cool on on this track um and again like it, it has this really like purveying uh drum beat to it that just it always keeps you just like keeps your foot kind of tapping and, and in on it like i really i found myself like i listened to this quite a bit while working and i just found myself like bopping my head and and just really um enjoying it and and being kind of like shocked at how fast the album was over
0: i can see why richard listened to it as much as he did because every time i listened to it i picked up on something else but it was generally generally speaking An Easy Listen, which I thought was a good thing. And and the songs weren't long for the sake of being long. It was like they hit their mark and then they moved on. And they even threw on an instrumental track, which is Bone Down, the next kind of tune on the album. Um, This one was weird, too, because first I was hearing Thunderstruck by ACDC, but mixed with Van Halen. And that doesn't suck. Those are two of my favorite things. So, like, this is a really interesting instrumental tune. And it gave everybody in the band kind of a chance to shine, but without being overly self-indulgent, as the song itself is only, what, like, two minutes and 20 seconds? Kind of a cool track, and and and, and, and breaks up the back end of the album, which I actually like quite a bit.
1: Yeah, and it was on Baywatch for some reason.
0: Who knows? Who knows? Maybe it's called Bone Down for a reason. But... Uh, <laughs> I digress. I digress. What are your thoughts on this instrumental? I feel track? like
1: this episode is getting uh, raunchier than the Steel Panther episode. Somehow. <laughs> what did you think um, of the tune? It, it was good, like you said. It was just it kind of made for like a bit of a segue, a kind of a almost like a cool down track before the last two. Um, but uh, yeah, it, you know, it's funny, when I listened to it, I was kind of waiting for the vocals to come in, and then the song just ended, <laughs> so I was like, oh, I, I guess it's an instrumental, okay. Uh, but yeah, uh, cool, you know, cool tune. Uh,
0: I don't really have much else to add that you didn't already say. Okay. Um, so we got two tracks left. The next one is called Fire It Up. Uh, any, any thoughts on this one? Because this one was interesting to me for, for surprising reasons in many ways. I'll, I'll get to that shortly.
1: Yeah, it, again, it, it's another one of those songs that I feel like has a bit of that late '80s hair metal, like one of those just uh, kind of mid, like just mid tempo. Um, I don't know, like you know, you know what? What it's it's reminding me of Def Leppard. Um, just okay, that, if that makes sense, especially again, like those backing vocals, very Def Leppard esque. Um, I like the. Uh, I like the, the the. I think that the uh, the vocal lines are really catchy. Um, again, just another really kind of funky tune. Um, I uh, I like this one. It's probably one of uh, one of my more more uh, preferred songs on the album. It
0: has, especially at the start, this proggy vibe to it, and almost reminds me of what Fate's Warning was doing at the time. Which, again, never a bad thing. Um, the layered vocals are very pronounced on this, very prominent. And the extended bridge, I thought, was a really nice touch. If I had to criticize it, it kind of ends abruptly, almost like a pull-me-under type of thing where it's just like, okay, I guess the song's over. But um, all in all, a good song, but not as good as Heroes and Villains. I really enjoyed this last track one of my top three on the album. It almost sounds like it should have been the theme song to like a TV drama show. Um It has this electronic vibe on it, which is something that I hadn't heard on uh, really most of the tracks on the album. And then there's like this extended vocal solo, and it's just got this chill vibe to it that I really liked, and I thought it was a cool way to go out. Um, it's a fantastic bridge, really cool... Um little subtle guitar solo on this thing. Again, very subtle, understated, but a cool way to go out and just kind of an intriguing track where you're like, all right, I'm looking forward to this band's next album only to find out that they would never record anything else again, at least uh, officially.
1: Yeah. uh, It is kind of a kind of disappointing to to just have this like really great album. Obviously it was very formative for rich. And then (laughs) next thing you know, there's, that's that. Um, I feel like if there were any song on the album that def reminded that made me think of Queen, this was definitely the one. Um, but again, like the vocals are just more a little bit more of the um, that kind of glam hair metal vibe. But like, yeah, I definitely get kind of like that chill kind of um, Queen esque vibe on this one so if there was if people were comparing this band to queen at least this song i can understand why um but yeah a a very good um way to kind of uh close things out and i really again i really like the uh the vocal lines on, on this one i i i think that um as much as I enjoyed just the kind of general funkiness and, and foot tapping of this album, I thought that Dan Arley's vocals were for me, the highlight of this album, just because he, he's just is such a cool sounding singer. And to be able to sound like Axl Rose, John Bush, David Lee Roth, uh, <laughs> I forgot like who chameleon. else I, mean, I mentioned, like,
0: but it's, it's impressive. So, uh, you know, very cool. So for this album by this one and done, who you had never heard before and, and short of going on YouTube, will probably never hear anything by these guys again. What are you giving this on a scale of one to 10? Because like I said, this was a trip. I, I spent more time with this with uh, more listens than any other album we've covered in the last three years. Uh, yeah. I I'm
1: trying to think, I think I made it. I think I may have listened to this six times. Um, and I really wanted to make sure that I really kind of got it. And I think that today I actually, let's do it twice today. And like we said, like it's, it's easy to listen to cause it's not very long. Um, I, I, am going to give it a seven. I, I thought it was, um, I, you know, I'll even give it a 7.25 as a matter of fact. I just thought it was a really solid and, and enjoyable listen and, um, and just again, just echoing your what you said earlier. Like, thanks to to Rich for this recommendation and this request because I don't think there was a chance in hell I would have ever heard this otherwise. Um, so uh, again, something to add to the uh, to the just the vast uh, amount of, of of stuff that you know I just passed me by, and um, now I have been given the opportunity to to actually give it a. Uh, a listen and and um i thought it was really enjoyable like you said like it was in and out it was catchy it was fun um good stuff and and uh and i thought it was just a very easy uh easy even though i had to listen to it six times to get it <laughs> but it was but it was easy to listen to it wasn't uh like unenjoyable or or like or like super proggy where you just really need to kind of ingest it it was just kind of like i think it was just um because of how different it was, I think it, was, it almost took me aback, like, oh, okay, um, this is this is different. But how I felt about it at the beginning was very different than how I ended up
0: feeling about it at the end. I totally agree with that last statement. Um, my score after the first listen would have been like a question mark. I wouldn't even have had a number. I would have been like, what the hell am I listening to? Uh, I'm still not sure what it was that I listened to, but I did listen to it a lot, and it just steadily improved, and I found myself... Depending on where I was, the listens got better, but the sound got better. It's not the greatest mix for an album from 30 plus years ago. But while normally headphones, things kind of pop for me, this one sounded so good in my car for some reason that it was like I really enjoyed the experience of driving and listen to this. This is going to get a seven for me. However... I think it's something that I'm going to listen to more and more. Like I'm not done listening to this album, which is the biggest compliment that I could give it. And I can – like I said, I can understand why Rich listened to this so many times throughout the years because it's something you can go back to and I think it would stay fresh. I don't think it's going to have that fatigue factor that sometimes albums can have after we've listened to them for a week. So thanks for the recommendation. Um, looking forward already to October's recommendation, which I think is very timely. But I'll just leave that there for now, yeah. um, and
1: not to mention that Rich has about nine other albums that he requested that which, we'll have
0: to get back to. So, which will which we will do in due time. So, another perk from the Patreon. So, consider joining so you too can be recommending albums that we cover uh, on a regular basis. But um, yeah, T ride nineteen ninety two, uh, quite quite the quite the trip for sure um i if you if you
1: could see the, the list of albums that rich has given us it's like no much like this album not not one song sounding like the last not one album having anything to do with the last uh, a really great just um uh, mixture of stuff but uh you know you're just gonna have to wait and and find out uh when the time comes um but uh i i i'm so glad that we did that that was really cool and um i I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing uh what he has to say about our uh our review
0: of this uh album that he holds very dear yeah well said well said um some news items just to uh you know kind of move on to uh the news segment of the show steven wilson after a hugely successful Porcupine Tree Tour, has announced his seventh solo album called The Harmony Codex. Um, I had no idea that he had been nominated for six Grammy Awards, which is just fascinating to me but the album is due out friday september 29th so it looks like it's going to be out very very soon um always good to hear new music from steven wilson whether it be solo porcupine tree whatever so that's a must get for me and something that i have already but just not in this format sabotage is re-releasing ghost in the ruins on vinyl with bonus tracks and photos yada 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 uh if it's anything like the other sabotage vinyls it won't be cheap, but nonetheless, for the Sabotage fans out there, something to think about. What's really kind of curious to me is these bonus tracks, which, um, you know, whenever I hear Sabotage bonus tracks, my my ears perk up. Uh,
1: I had not heard that. Um, I have been, you know, if it was a different time and uh, I just was had a lot of uh, – you know, expendable income. Um, I probably would have bought all of these vinyls, but um, you know, between like 40 and $50 a pop and they were released pretty quickly one after another. It just got to a point where I was like, yeah, I don't think, uh, I don't think this is going to happen, unfortunately. Um, But you know, for the, uh, the collectors out there, um, it's pretty great that they're doing this. Um, Ghost in the runes is a really good, a really great live album that um is all uh stuff from from chris oliva's time really actually even before zach it's all just chris and john era uh sabotage um so if you're into that older um you know that older era uh that it's a really it's it's a really the production's really good for like what would be you know an older uh recording um Just uh, a good, you know, just a really good live album. I remember ordering it from um, one of those metal album catalogs back in the day, um, uh, along with the Live in Japan 1994. Those are the two, at least two officially released Sabotage live albums, and um, that one was uh, recorded during the Handful of Rain tour, so it has uh, Alex Skolnick on it and... um, another a good album but i think this one is definitely more of a uh, a classic so uh cool to hear that and uh i like you i'm very curious as to what
0: the um bonus tracks on this uh will be very good very good so um that really wraps things up next week we'll do a little bit of a uh, special episode i'll kind of let that linger and then we'll go back to our regularly scheduled format for the uh for the following week and I feel like it's been a while since you've selected an album. So I'm eager to hear next week, what it is you're going to choose for the following week, as we kind of get back on schedule, post prog power, as we move on and march towards our year in review episode. in just a few months.
1: Yes. I'm eager to hear as well, what I'm going to choose as <laughs> I do not quite know what that is yet. But uh, in the meantime, uh, we have some, uh, we have some other things to attend to and, uh, We'll have plenty to say about that. And uh, we're, we're talking about some, some, what we're going to do while we're, while we're away. And so we'll see what we might be able to do as far as providing content uh, while we're there. Um, that's kind of up in the air, but we're going to work on it and we're going to see, try and figure things out. So uh, all I can say is just keep an eye on the socials and we will make sure to update. Uh, update everybody on anything that is planned there uh, that's where you would find out or if you're at Prague power
0: just walk up to one of us and ask that's right uh, well <laughs> said well said uh, if, uh, if you like what you hear please give us a like and a follow just so people can uh, other people can find the show it does make it easier for them so thank you very much for your support uh, we will catch you very very soon and in the interim I will see you in just what, what, a few days now. So enjoy, and I will uh, catch up with you very, very soon.
1: I am looking forward to it, my friend. Uh, we're going to have a, a lot to talk about. Cheers. Take care, buddy.